0: Exactly. Are you a veteran thinking about buying a home or just want to know how to help a veteran close to you? This is the episode for you. Forgot to put my note up there. I told you I'd mess this up. This is a bonus episode, different than we used to do, a bonus episode of Want to Move There. We're going to talk about all the VA home buying myths with one of my favorite veteran realtors down there in Georgia and Florida, Andy Rose. You can see him right there. Say hello to everybody, Andy. Hello,
1: everybody.
0: (laughs) This is want to move there. Like I said, this is a bonus episode. Usually we talk to people and give them the information they need to decide whether or not they want to move to a different area. But today we're going to be talking about some uh, home loans, some veteran home loan and uh, home buying myths. And uh, Andy is, we'll, we'll also give him a chance to plug where is he is, where he is. I'm sweating and whatnot, Andy. This bonus episode got me messed up. Yeah, and I told man. you we're not going to stop this again. But um,
1: like the Marine aside fool you <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're straight faced and actually I was at a military house just before this taking pictures Uh, So this is a bonus episode. This is what a move there We usually talk to people about moving somewhere today We're going to talk about some veteran home buying myths and uh, how to's and whatnot I am your host Derek Bixler realtor of 15 years Uh, reminder Reminder to hit us up in the comments or say hello Oh, man, this episode. (laughs) We're going to leave it. All is said. Hit us up in the comments if you have any questions or just want to say hello. If you're in Central PA, I want to hear from you. And if you're somewhere else around the globe, we definitely want to hear from you. Also, a reminder to check out the replays on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you like to get your content. That's where you can find it. And now I'll shut up after I botched this whole interview for this bonus episode. Uh, I can't even say intro not the whole interview. I botched the intro for this episode. Now I'll bring in Andy Rose. Andy, tell us the last movie you watched while I bring up your bio. Oh, God. Um,
1: <laughs> I can tell you the last series. I mean, we're in the middle of uh, uh, the la- next to last season of uh, Billions, but I can't tell you the last movie I actually watched. Actually, you know what? I lied. Dune. The new Dune movie. Um I actually watched I, because they, they put it out in the theaters and on uh, HBO uh, and I watched it on, I watched it at home and it took me two days to watch it something you had to really pay attention to. And, and I love sci-fi, but I never got into reading it or anything. I just like it on the big screen. Um, but yeah, Dune, Dune was really, really good. I can't wait for the, uh, the next movie uh, for that one as well.
0: Yeah, I saw that too. It took me a couple sittings as well. I kind of wanted to see it in the theater because I think it was in 3D maybe.
1: I don't remember. The last 3D I did was uh, Star Wars, and that was a trip.
0: (laughs) Yeah, those are crazy. I love whenever Star Wars comes out. I go to like a a noon matinee by myself like a child and get candy and popcorn and have like a a me time Star Wars fun. Exactly. And then what is uh? Would you say billions? Is that on uh, Netflix or Hulu or what's that no, on?
1: That's on Showtime. We 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 signed up for Showtime temporarily to to get it uh, billions. We had, we had watched a lot of it, and then they, I think they were off for a while because of you know the pandemic and everything and, and recording it. Uh, and now they we were two episodes or two seasons behind, and we're almost done with one season. So we've got I think this next season might be the final season, but. Very good show about the stock market and everything. Great, great actors um, about money. So what we all
0: are concerned about, usually. Yeah, yeah. We're all concerned about it now with gas prices and whatnot, but we won't get into that. Uh, Let me bring your buy up here and talk about you a little bit before we get into the VA home buying myths busted. Uh, You grew up in Florida and Georgia, where you practice now, so no better person to talk to about that area. Uh, Where did you go to school? You went to uh, Georgia South, C-O-B-B. What does C-O-B-B stand for? Oh, so yeah, I
1: went to South Cobb. It, it might have capitalized my, my shift button sticks, but um, it, it, South Cobb was my high school. Um, got through that and um, you know, got into a little bit of trouble and said, you know what, I'm just going to join the Marine Corps, hanging out with the wrong crowd and said, you know what, uh, this is obviously not going anywhere well. So I joined the Marine Corps and uh, found out when I got the boot camp that I wasn't the only one doing that. <laughs> a lot of people joined the Marine Corps to escape some other things. I did that, um, and then from there, I did electronics when I was in, ground communication electronics. Uh, what we would call crypto, I was at crypto tech, and that's basically what garbles up uh, the messages um, for the communication communications and ungarbles them and everything. Now, if I say crypto tech, they think, you know, Bitcoin or something. Completely different. All that stuff is integrated now. I used to be a government contractor as well, and a lot of it's integrated with the IT network. Uh, and I've worked on some of that stuff, too, before uh, I left the corporate world and got into real estate about six years ago.
0: Well, and so what is
1: in six years actually doing it full time?
0: Gotcha. And what is South Cobb? What's what's their mascot? So if anybody from South Cobb is watching, um, go, well, go, whatever.
1: War Eagles. Uh, so we're, we're in Georgia. We're close enough to Auburn. A lot of people here do to Auburn. Auburn is the War Eagles. So we were South Cobb War Eagles. Um, when i was there now i think they, they dropped the war and they're just the south cop eagles now i
0: think <laughs> and then you mentioned you went to the marine corps right out of high school and i can right. relate to being with the wrong crowd or, or doing some not so great things in, in the military probably would have been a, a great move for me as well i did not do it but i looking back I I probably would team. have been a great move
1: i got in trouble in the marine corps too but you can hide it better there <laughs>
0: What happens in? Well, nobody outside of it finds out, at least, right? Uh, yeah, they keep everything keep inside.
1: Unless you do something really big, uh, but I never did anything really big. It's just you know, being young and dumb, like everybody else.
0: And then uh, your favorite color is blue. <laughs> I forgot. I was gonna change it and make this ninety percent of people say blue, and I'm gonna I was gonna put in the question that you can't say blue. So I'm gonna ask you what your favorite second color is, since I am I am throwing blue out. Nobody's allowed to say that. Uh, orange.
1: I'm a I'm a huge Gator fan, Florida Gators, and our colors are orange and blue, so a lot of my stuff is, that I wear is
0: blue and orange. <laughs> awesome. I used to like the Florida Gators back in, uh, in the day. I liked uh, the Fighting Irish and Florida Gators for no reason, really, other than they were probably good back in the day. Um, uh, yeah,
1: they had a good string. We're about to get back there, though.
0: <laughs> that's good and then your favorite food is barbecue any special barbecue do you like does georgia have some kind of special bar their own barbecue you know,
1: because, because of the nature of metro atlanta there there's some small pockets of, of some local barbecue restaurants uh, but it's kind of a to me it's a mix of, of different stuff um, but it's like it's a, a sweet tomatoey based uh, or tomato and vinegar based uh, barbecue sauce most of it is about the wood and the smoke and the seasoning on it you know building that bark i do a little bit of i've got a um pit boss a stand-up pit boss and i'll i'll smoke pork butts i've done some ribs really good with wings We can do some good smoked wings um but yeah there's 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 some good barbecue in metro Atlanta, and the dirtier the place the better of course
0: Of course. And they have to wrap it in just like paper bags and not some high end bags and whatnot. The best places are, are the dives. So you have your own, you smoke. Is that a pit boss is a smoker?
1: Yeah, it's a smoker. So I'll I'll slow roast smoke, uh, uh, pork butt. Uh, I've done prime rib for for Christmas for my family and everything. I've done small turkeys. Um, I want to try a duck. I think duck would be nice smoked, but that's going to, a little bit different than smoking uh say a chicken even though they, they may look the same, the fat content around the bird is a little bit different
0: huh so you have to do some experimenting or do you youtube recipes for different uh, animals probably, or how do you do it
1: i would probably youtube and, and google that stuff and find out what's the best practice first um and then and they go that route and i've tried a small brisket uh brisket's just really really difficult and it's, it's a, an expensive mistake if you mess it up
0: Right, yeah. What's the foundage? That has to be pretty expensive. And then yeah. the turkey does. Uh, does the family like the turkey, or do they like it the yeah. traditional way?
1: No, the, the turkey is like. Well, some people either like it fried, or they like it smoked. Um, I prefer to like the smoke because to me it keeps it juicier, um, and you get that smoke flavor. I just enjoy the smoke flavor. Um, but when when you um, fry it, it does lock in the juices really well. Uh, it just, you have a prop. It's sometimes difficult. You can overcook it really easy.
0: And does the skin get crispy when you smoke it? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's probably the best part.
0: (laughs) Huh. And then does it actually taste smoky also?
1: No, no. Not unless you use some kind of flavoring to, you know, season it in. Uh, but you, you've got to brine it too, which is a whole 24 to 36 hour process of soaking it in a, a brine, a salt brine. Um, and that can, that can take up. Uh, a good portion of it. If you
0: don't do that right, you don't infuse the right flavors, it can mess it up as well. Mm, you're making me, my mouth water. I don't, I'm vegetarian or vegan-ish is what I call myself, but I do eat meat from time to time. But when I do, it's got to be really good meat that's made at a dive or something special. Um, yeah. So if I ever come down there, I'll eat some of your meat because that's sounding fantastic. And it says here that you do have pets. So is this a, uh, a cat pet or a dog pet?
1: A uh, dog. I'm allergic to cat. same here
0: what kind of dog big dog
1: uh no i have a little terrier mix her name is sage um she was a rescue um that my brother-in-law got and then him and his wife were so busy with work that the dog was sitting in a crate all day so we were up there busy one time and said you know what why don't we take the dog and we've had the dog ever since and now my brother-in-law he was in uh just south of nashville at that time and now he's moved back here locally so whenever he comes over he comes over a couple times a week and the dog gets to see, you know, the person that rescued
0: him. Nice. And does the dog like barbecue as well?
1: Yes. <laughs> she loves human food more than she loves dog food, which is a problem. Because when I cook good, it's like, I'll give you a little bit, but I can't give you the whole thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dogs are always good. I haven't had a dog for a while, but they, when I had a dog, it was always good as a vacuum. If you drop anything, you just, what's right. yours name?
1: Uh Sage.
0: Sage, Sage, Sage. <laughs> Everything will be gone and licked up in a, in a lickety split. Uh, but you do have kids. You have four. Wow. Good for you. I have three. And I thought that was a lot. So you got four kids, 20, 18, 11, and nine. So the 20 and 18 fairly close spread. And then you got a bigger spread there. What happened?
1: Yeah. So my older two kids are actually not 50, Um But I've been married to their mother since they were real little. Um, so they've lived with me all the time except well the 20 year old's out now he's he's got his own work and everything he's he actually lives with his father now uh in the in the basement so he's got his freedom there uh, And and the 18 year old she just graduated in december from high school she's looking to be a rad tech um and then i've got a sixth grader and a fourth grader uh in middle and elementary school
0: Awesome. More power to you. I know how much work it is. So <laughs> I, I, I feel you there. And you're married to Stephanie. Does she go by Stephanie or Steph? I call her Steph, but
1: most people just call her
0: Stephanie. Well, hello, Stephanie, out there watching, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> and uh, your hobbies are barbecue smoking, like we talked about, and college football. Uh, do you like other teams outside of down there in Georgia, or is that you stick mainly to uh, Florida and Georgia teams?
1: Florida, that's it or anybody that plays Georgia. So not, a, not a Georgia fan, even though I live in the state, I'm not a Georgia fan at
0: all. Oh, so you're a Georgia hater specifically.
1: Specifically. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you live there. All right. Everybody out there that lives in Georgia, you got to give Andy a hard time next time you see him. So would you go to like a Georgia game and wear the other team's t-shirt right in the middle of the crowd?
1: Oh, I wouldn't go to the game. I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I, would, I would get in trouble. <laughs> I wouldn't be talking too much trash, and I wouldn't wear the other teams. I'd wear my stuff. I'd wear Georgia, or Florida stuff to a Georgia game if it wasn't the Georgia-Florida game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at least I think Southern people are a little bit more polite, and it might not be as bad for you as if you did it at, say, an Eagles or a Flyers game or somewhere in Philly yeah. or something because those fans would literally probably beat you up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, well, we're polite except for college football it's, it's yeah. considered old fashioned hate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And then uh, you mentioned that uh, after Marine Corps, you got into corporate life. So tell me again, what you did after you got out of the Marine Corps.
1: Um, I still did telecommunications, I worked for the local phone company, and then um, I did some government contracting uh, here in the space and overseas, Uh came back, did some more government contracting until you want to have that fourth kid and the wife was like, you got to get off the road. Uh, Cause I was traveling all over. Um, and I, I took a job, uh, with a fiber optic network company, uh, level three, um, that ended up getting bought out by CenturyLink a few years ago after I had left. Um, but yeah, they, they were a long haul fiber optic company that, you know, we had a huge backbone. We at the time they carried a lot of the major sports networks, video feeds locally and nationally.
0: And then what what made you want to get out of that?
1: I, you know, it was a calling. Um, it was first put in my head oh, 2002, 2003. I went on a, uh, a call for uh, a real estate school when I was a phone man, and uh, it was interesting. I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't, take, it doesn't cost much to be a real estate agent. It doesn't cost much to, to go to the school, I should say. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And it was just something that stayed in the back of my head. And when I got to a point, I actually got married. My wife was an underwriter uh, at the VA, and you know, we were talking about just yeah, go ahead and get your license. And, and luckily at the time, I had a boss that allowed me to flex my schedule to go to classes and everything. And then um, eventually, it worked out, and, and I jumped out.
0: And then, did you do it part time after you got your license and keep uh, your job I for did a while?
1: Part time, and then there was there was a lull there for a while that I just didn't do anything, and I finally. Was just god one day on the way to work and said what am i gonna do this license i can't stand my job anymore my corporate job um, i was trying to find a different i really was trying to find a different job and couldn't get any interviews and led me down a whole different path my wife got licensed uh here in georgia as well um and then uh, like i said we were at a point where business was good enough um you know i need i need the flex time for my family and everything um, and, and was able to jump out of the, uh, the corporate world into full-time real estate.
0: That's awesome. And then was there an intention from the get-go to uh, niche down or, or serve veterans in particular? Because now, obviously, being mm-hmm. a veteran yourself and, yeah. and you know all about it, which is why you're on here, was the intention to serve veterans and help veterans? Or was it just, I want to get my real estate license, and then you kind of gravitated towards the, the I, I veteran thing? I think
1: that thing. was always something that was in the back there. If I was going to have a niche in real estate that I would be doing more work with veterans. And what I've found myself is, yeah, I do quite a bit of work with veterans, uh, as far as, you know, clients and clientele, but I'll also advising other agents on the VA home loan. Uh, like I said, my wife is a, is a underwriter at the VA. So she knows a lot of the ins and outs. That's where I've learned a lot of my stuff. I've also picked up a lot, um, picked up a lot just in my experiences of, of handling, uh, VA buyers. So, it's it's something that you know is obviously being a Marine and a veteran. It's something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's that's really why I want to help not just veterans use properly use their uh, benefit, but also help agents and lenders sometimes understand the VA home loan better.
0: Yeah, and it's a very a timely topic right now, a great thing to talk about right now because of competing offers. And, and if you look at at least the stats in my market, if you looked at, say, two out of 200 sales in one county in a month, maybe more than that, 250 or whatever, uh, maybe 5% or any type of government loan. So right now everybody's looking for a conventional loan or cash and nobody wants to deal with FHA or USDA or VA. And I think sometimes VA gets lumped in there with those other two uh, unnecessarily um, in a lot of ways. So that's why I'm having you on here. We're gonna talk about that stuff and debunk it a little bit. Um, But we're gonna start off here, and this is a question you gave me. uh, What ways a veteran can qualify? And is this, uh, I added the who qualifies. So is that what we're talking about? Who can qualify yeah, so for a, if, a if VA loan? Can
1: qualify, who qualifies for a VA home loan? Okay, so I think the right off the bat, the easiest one is an active duty service member. And as long as they've got at least 90 days in service and they're, they're active duty, they're in for 90 days, they can use the VA home loan. I mean, it's just plain and simple. If they're active duty, they can use it. Um, now, it gets a little bit more complicated when you start talking about actual veterans and people who are no longer in uh, so generally with veterans, it, uh, former active duty service members with at least two years of honorable service. That's the thing some people get out for, um, what we call, uh, we call them big chicken dinners, bad con- conduct discharges or a general discharge for administrative reasons. And sometimes those administrative reasons are because of behavior. Um, so you gotta have two years of honorable service. Uh, there's an exception for those that are discharged prior to 1980. That's where you want to call the VA and go, "Hey, am I qualified?" Generally, yes, but that's that's where things are. They, they make changes every so often. Um, so different veterans of different eras uh, may have a little bit different qualifications, especially prior to 1980, because before that, you had a lot of the Vietnam guys, and they weren't going to be in for two years, right? They were going to be in for a six-month one tour, one-month tour. And that may be all that they need. Um, then there's also those that are discharged for um, for disability. So if they got hurt and it was under two years, as long as they're in receipt of uh, disability from the VA, then they still qualify. Um, and then a parenthood. Actually, it, you know, that's and it's something that's interesting. But uh, a lot of the the female uh, service members they'll get pregnant. They're usually, a lot of times they're with another, uh, active, uh, active duty service member as their spouse and they'll get pregnant. One of them, she decides to get out. Uh, and in some of those cases, you know, they're allowed just to, just to get out to take care of the kids. So, uh, there's, and there's, but that probably, would disqual,
0: that kind of discharge would disqualify them or they'd no, still they'd, be eligible.
1: No, they'd still be qualified in, in general. Now there's specifics there, um, that, that you you have to call and ask on um not every situation is exactly the same when it comes to a discharge um, but those are the general highlights of of being able to use the VA home loan benefit uh, after you're out of the military um, gotcha the so one, go, ahead. go ahead i was going to jump into the next ones are the reserve and national guard um reserve and national guard are are generally the same the reserves um a little bit different than the national guard and how their structure is state versus federal and uh, different branches of that um but with in general national guard and and reserves they have to have active drilling for at least six years with an all-level discharge and this is this is the key active drilling for six years so their their terms are for six years and if they're not going to drill every month Two weeks out of the year, then they lose those points on their, what what's called point statement, and that's how they calculate this. Did they acquire? Did they drill enough? Did they acquire enough points to get it? So generally, going for your full six years, not missing out, you know, on, on any drill or making up your drill, then then you're allowable. Um, or you can have sixty days of um, sixty days of what's called Title Ten um deployment basically wartime deployment okay and then from there there's also um a more recent change the national guard that was deployed for covid support um, some of those folks are you, this is the one where you're going to want to call in and find out that those are ones that uh, are also allowed to get those and that change has been made obviously in the last two years um, and i think that's title 32 um, so under Title 32, which was the, the the order that allowed them to be used for COVID support, they, if they were there long enough, and I think it is 60 days for those guys too, that they would be able to use the VA home loan benefit.
0: Gotcha. And then are there any others? That that's all of them, right? That's
1: generally it. There's just three main things, and that's it. I mean, there's so you got
0: active duty. If you're active duty, you qualify obviously while you're active duty, and then. Once you're a veteran, if you had at least two years of active duty, or you were yeah. discharged for one of those reasons you said is okay to be discharged yeah. and still get your benefits, um, or if you're mm-hmm. reserves or National Guard, but because they don't put in as much time as the active duty people do, they want you to be in right. it longer, the six years rather than two, yeah. to to build up the time, unless you're active, you uh, know, in, in war times for 60 days, or like you said, for some other deployment here for some other right. emergency or something right. um is the, the reserves is that kind of like by state because isn't there like the pennsylvania reserves and the different state by state is sure. that why it so can vary
1: if i remember correctly because it's been a while i got i got out in 1998 but like you have army national guard which is directed by the state but there is a federal connection as well they can be called up federally as well same thing with air force national guard okay Um uh, the Navy and the Marines do not have a National Guard. They just have reserves. Army has reserves. Air Force has reserves. They're not as big. They mostly go to the National Guard on that side. The Navy and the Marines, they, they just have reserves. There's no National Guard segment of them. So those, that's really, really important for those guys. And, and it gets down to some of the same things. The reserves weren't called up for Title 32 to help with the last two years but the reserves were called up for title 10 when it came to uh, wartime service and it doesn't necessarily mean that you were deployed overseas that your unit was called up maybe in support here uh, in the states uh, as well
0: and the national guard is this correct the national guard is is for domestic use and then the reserves could be used for domestic abroad whatever they feel like using them for
1: reserves just for I, I would imagine if the, if the emergency was large enough, but generally it's, res, its reserves
0: are just on the federal level. Gotcha. Okay. And then let's talk about some of the myths here. Um, the first one I have here is the VA process takes way too long and has too much government red tape, which is why all the offers with the VA always get thrown out, um, but it's yeah. not always the case. So let's, let's bust, bust this myth a little bit.
1: I know lenders that can close a VA home loan in, under, in three weeks, sometimes less, so it doesn't take longer. Okay. Most most of your closings are done in 30 days, sometimes less, sometimes a little more if there's, if there's a particular issue or whatnot, but generally 30 days, VA home loans can be done in 30 days. <clears throat> um, there is no extra red tape. There is none. Actually there's less uh guidelines for a va than there is for an fha usda and maybe even a conventional the conventional the conventional loan last uh last year fourth quarter the conventional loan and the va loan had a closing rate of 80.3 and 80. so there's a 0.3 difference between the closing rate of those two types loan types where you have fha was i think 74 75 so it's it says no. They still close. They still close just as much as the conventional.
0: Yeah, and yeah. VA loans are fantastic. I mean, if you yeah. if you're a veteran, you would recommend using a VA loan other another product, even if they could use another product. Correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. And and I think um, I, I've talked about this before, <clears throat> where it was suggested by a, a friend that you know, hey, get them qualified for both a conventional and the VA, and show. Show the seller and the listing agent that, hey, they're highly qualified. Just because they're not putting any money down doesn't mean that they don't have the means to do so. They've just earned the right by serving their country not to have to put that money down. The VA, the government through the VA is guaranteeing the loan with the lender. And A lot of times that means they also have those extra funds to go towards things like, covering appraisal gaps, especially in this market, any kind of repairs, they can pay for the repairs um, if they can't get the repairs waived. So they can also pay for the the repairs and not come out of pocket for the sellers where they're stuck with conventional. Hey, you're short on a conventional and you still got to cover the appraisal gap. You're still coming out of pocket, possibly more money.
0: Yeah, and it can help a lot of the buyers get into a house because a lot of the people that don't have a lot of cash to put into something, where they're out there looking out in the country trying to find a USDA property that they can get 100% financing on, right. whereas a, a veteran can go get a 100% loan anywhere they want to, not in a specific area.
1: Yeah, let's talk about those two differences. We do some of those up here uh, in North, Northwest Georgia, um, where I cover you know, Metro Atlanta, Northwest Georgia. There's a way you can get away from G. Uh, from atlanta you get into usda uh, territory they have to be underwritten by the usda that's generally depending on time of year and holidays and all that stuff it could be an extra two or three weeks on a usda loan from my experience on a va the va doesn't underwrite them now there are a couple of specific uh um, ways that the va will underwrite the loan um but it's very very specific uh I'm trying to rack my brain thinking of exactly what it is, but I want, I want to say it's where you have a vet, non-vet, that are both on the loan together, uh, and they're unmarried. So when you have this, and you have those situations, when you have those situations, I believe the VA has to underwrite that. It's usually a pretty quick process because the, the lender has done the bulk of the stuff. They just want to make sure the numbers are correct, that we're, they're only guaranteeing half of that loan because the other half is actually being done to a different purchaser, to a different buyer. So it's almost gotcha. like The VA and a conventional together.
0: Okay, yeah, and then I'm looking down through my questions and I don't have anything about an appraisal in any of these other questions. So I want to stick it in under this question. So what about an appraisal? Are they, we're all thinking Well, they're, they're doing these inspections and they're looking for habitability issues and they're going to flag all these things and then we're not going to be able to proceed. So what's the myth there? Are they looking, are they flagging lots of stuff when they look at properties? I
1: mean, as much as an appraisal is objective numbers wise, or at least that's what we, we like to say and we like to think the other stuff necessarily isn't you know as long as it's sanitary safe and secure you're usually good with the appraisal inspection okay um you know if you walk in and it feels like you're going to fall through the floor well there there could be an issue they may flag that as a structural issue to have like an engineer letter or something to make sure that the house isn't going to fall in but that's the rare case uh and in a lot of cases if you work with the underwriter and the right lender you can actually have the veteran waive those repairs they have to request it to waive the repairs if they will waive them then the veteran can pay for some of those repairs a lot of those repairs and that actually helps out especially when you're you're not having to put extra money down because you're 100 percent low you've got no down payment um the other thing with the appraisals <clears throat> there's a big stigma out there about va home loans coming in low the appraisals coming in low and and i have to say that it's, it's unique only because you have two opportunities to fight the appraisal. One is prior to the appraisal being completed, a, the appraiser is going to call for what, what is, they call water. He's going to call for water. You have 72 hours from that point to give him your comps, and usually the lender and the agents kind of put their head together, but send them comps, put it on a, a sheet, and say if they will take care of, if if they will consider your comps and your adjustments on those comps, um, depending on the area sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't if you can't win there and the appraiser goes ahead and submits the appraisal into the va appraisal department then you can go to the directly to the appraisal department and ask for a reconsideration of value and then you have a bet to me you have a better way there because you can actually talk to an individual who is in the appraisal department say, Hey, here's the situation. Here's all the comps, all of this stuff and and fight for it that way. So you have two opportunities where an FHA. Oh, and here's, here's the other kicker. The appraisal stays with the veteran because of the, the, how the order is done for appraisal through the VA system comes in third. The veteran's name is given a case number and in underneath that case number is put the address. So, if that if that falls through, that case number goes away, which means the address goes away. Hmm. So the appraisal doesn't stay in the system. Not like FHA. Not like FHA at all.
0: Because so that FHA, was going to be one of my questions that I wrote down here. Does it stick with the house? So it doesn't. No, it's it's with the veteran.
1: It sticks with the veteran. So that means that if you're in a highly or if you're in a military town, okay, and you get one that comes in really low that buyer backs out because the seller doesn't want to adjust another veteran can come in even with the same lender because they order it through the system using the social security number the case number and then the address it's all it's all underneath that so they don't see it now you may get the same appraiser um because like i think almost everywhere across the nation we're low on appraisers (laughs) we're low on inventory for houses and we're low on appraisers And the VA vets their local appraisers and there's usually only a handful for the area or each different little area. There's, there's only a few, they vet them. These are very experienced uh, appraisers from my understanding. Most of them have several years, if not 10, 20 years in the business. So it's not like FHA where you can just go get qualified or certified to do FHA and you could have just been in the business of two years.
0: Huh. So and then what about see, like like chipping paint railings uh that kind of stuff you said you can get that disregarded or the veteran can yeah, fix it paint, are they flagging I, that I've kind of
1: stuff seen, i've never seen chipping paint i've heard of it but i, I think that's that's something you should be able to get waived now railings if there's if it's for safety right the railings usually with with local codes and, and all that um there has to be a certain amount of railing or certain height uh when it's above a certain height above the ground i've actually had that situation and the veteran paid for it My my seller i was i was on the selling side and a marine was buying it and he's like i'll just take care of it i'll put something up just really just cheap and quick and and the 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 appraiser said all right and that was it and then after they closed they were like yeah we're gonna we're gonna tear it down and actually put up something nicer and more permanent where they were at but they were the the veteran was allowed to pay
0: and then what about like if a furnace doesn't work at all?
1: Yeah. So your mechanicals are going to have to work. Your water heater. I, and here's, here's a crazy one. If there's a spot for a dishwasher, the dishwasher needs to be there, right? If there's a spot for a stove, the appliances need to be there. Um, and that usually, what about a fridge? Right? Yeah, a fridge. I mean, you've got to have a place to store food, right? You're going to live there. You know, you've got to be able to cook. You've got to be able to clean. You've got to be able to store so, and that usually comes up with new construction, where the appraiser will come out and be like, "Hey, where's where's the stuff?" And like, "Hey, well, you know, we're delayed on deliveries, blah, blah blah, it's coming in a couple of days." And he's like, "All right, well, let me know when it's back. I'll swing back by and look at it." And that and that's essentially.
0: And then you you mentioned that. Sometimes they restrict what a veteran what a veteran buyer can pay for, and you said they can pay for some of those repairs. Are they now allowed to pay for the wood insect? That was something I always overlooked, and every time I did a deal, I forgot that the seller had to pay for the wood insect uh, inspection. Is that still oh, a thing?
1: No, it's not. <laughs> it's like for six or seven years maybe. Yeah, seven years. The seller can pay for the termite letter. The seller can pay for it. As long as it's under the 1% rule. Or the buyer, you mean. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. The buyer can pay for it. Now, I, with our contracts, we have exhibits here for VA home loan contracts um, that state that the seller has to pay for that. And we tried to fight it and say, pull that out. And they, I don't know. That's, I, our contracts here state that the seller has to pay for it because they refuse to update their knowledge on, on, on the guidelines. Um, in Florida, you don't see that so the the buyer can pay for it um and here's the thing i i bought a house the second house i ever bought several years ago heck it's been probably 11 years now but i had a home inspection done the home inspection company had a partnership with the uh, termite company so the termite was included and you didn't see it on the sheet, right? You didn't see it on any kind of breakdown because they just had a partnership with the company. And the underwriter came back and said, hey, you got this termite letter, who paid for it? I was like, the inspection company. Well, who paid for the inspection? Well, I did. You're not allowed to do that. And then we had to pull up the letter and say, actually, I eat them. This is not a big deal. Oh, by the way, it's included in that fee, I would've paid the inspection anyways. If I didn't get the termite inspection, I still would've paid the same fee. So there was no extra cost to
0: it. <laughs> None of it, it doesn't make any sense, really. Yeah. I mean, and it's only like a hundred bucks or whatever it is. It's not like it's some yeah. crazy amount that-
1: I've got one here, as long as it's a clean letter, it's 50 bucks for the letter. It's, that's it, you know? I mean, if there's if there's issues with it or whatnot, you know, it's, it's gonna cost more for treatment and repairs and all that. But the better yeah. you can pay for that as well. <laughs>
0: And then my second one here is VA loans have additional costs. So that could maybe be seen as an additional cost if you had to pay for it, but you can elect not to do it. So you don't, do you have to do the wood insect thing?
1: You have to have a clear letter. You, you do have to have a clear letter. And so you cannot waive
0: that inspection.
1: No, you cannot waive that one. That one has to be good. And it, FHA doesn't have that. I know that's the one thing that, that is, is different between that and FHA and even conventional, but you know, being here in the South and you know, with the hot humid uh, temperatures we generally have, uh, we don't get too cold. We usually, it's not a matter of if you get termites, it's when you get termites. And you know, it's always good to have treatment anyway. So that, you know, even, even afterwards, it's like, Hey, go ahead and keep the treatment plan going, you know, on the seller, especially the veteran seller, uh, keep the treatment plan going. And that way when you, you switch it over, it's easier to, to get a letter.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then what about other costs? Are there like additional funding fees like they have with VA, FHA, that kind the of thing? VA,
1: the VA funding fee um, is there. Um, there's an initial funding fee amount, and then it goes up a, a little bit. Uh, once you do your subsequent loans after that, any amount of loans after that, it, it just goes up that one time. The funding fee is basically, you can consider it the same thing as PMI, right? But it's going to be generally cheaper. It can be rolled into the back of the loan. Okay, so it's no extra cost out of pocket. They can pay it if they want up front, but it, it can be rolled in the back of the loan. That's generally what happens. Here's the kicker though if you're a veteran and you have 10% or more disabled, so you're a disabled veteran, uh, there's nothing less than 10% that I've ever seen. So if you're a disabled veteran, you can waive the funding fee so it goes away. So you're, and this is how the funding fee is is essentially how the VA gets some of their money. It's not all in the budget from taxes and everything. They make money off of that funding fee. Uh, well, I can't say they make money. That's what they use to kind of guarantee the loan. That's the portion of it.
0: And Do you it's- know, is it like 1% or is it some set amount? Um,
1: I, to be honest with you, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. <laughs> I think I think the I think the initial one is like 1.5, 1.7, and I think uh, the subsequent uh, maybe closer to 2%
0: of, of gotcha. the loan. And then it's rolled into the loan. So is, is there mortgage insurance? There's not mortgage insurance with that, VA, that, right? Well,
1: that's what that is. That's You can consider that like mortgage insurance, like the PMI, uh, MIP. It's the same thing.
0: But then it's probably, if you broke it down to monthly costs, I would guess that funding fee would break down to be less monthly than the mortgage insurance would be.
1: It's not like FHA where you have an upfront, more, uh, uh, mortgage insurance fee and then you have a monthly fee in, in included uh as part of your payment va doesn't have that you just have the funding fee up front if you're if you're not a disabled veteran and that's it
0: so you actually have less costs than some of the other
1: you have less costs, and they also limit what you can be charged for in the closing cost too um so they have the one percent rule but they have a whole list of uh, of, of items that a uh, buyer Veteran buyers cannot pay for. Uh, basically, it stops lenders from overcharging on a lot of items um, that that you see them charging for on conventional loans and on FHA loans.
0: Do they keep uh like lender fees, like charging points and things like that? Is that against policy?
1: That's, uh, you know what? When we're in a buyer's market, um, the seller can can pay down debt. And other items for the veteran. So if they need to, if they if they need a credit card paid off, <laughs> then they can they can pay off a credit card for the for the buyer. We're not in that market at all. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> no, we're not. But that's pretty awesome.
1: It is, it is allowable, and, huh. and it, it does happen.
0: And then, what about seller help? Are you allowed to get seller help with a VA loan?
1: Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they can help pay closing costs. Like again, we're not in that market, but before two years ago uh you were we were i know here metro atlanta we were getting about half of the closing costs paid for um on most deals at least the deals that i did we were able to negotiate half sometimes we were able to get all of it covered um but yeah the the seller can contribute towards the. is it a six
0: percent cap or somewhere three or six most of the loans seem to be at three percent or six percent
1: i want to say it is six percent cap
0: yeah, which is which is more than conventional. Typically, you're going up to like three yeah, FHA. Yeah. You can go up to six, but
1: that's yeah, something that we really rarely see. That's why it's not that's not a number that's on the top of my head because it's, it's something. We just
0: rarely see. <laughs> yeah, these days you're not seeing it for sure. No. <laughs> I just asked for some seller help on a ho- house I made an offer on, but I'm trading my commission for said seller help, so it's a wash. But... <laughs>
1: there you go. That's something that we can do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, the beauty of being us. And then what about interest rates? Are they generally way higher or are they way lower? What are the interest rates like?
1: Just the opposite. So veteran VA home loans uh, generally have a lower foreclosure rate than conventional and FHA, right? So that means we, we tend to be – uh, a hair, maybe, you know, quarter point lower, uh, it just depends, but we, we tend to be lower, uh, just that. And that's where, that's where you, you, you hear the things about, they don't, they're hundred percent loan. They don't have enough skin in the game. They're not this They're not that. They're not highly qualified. That's why they're doing a hundred percent loan. And it's the furthest from the truth because most veterans are very responsible people. It's kind of instilled in us in, in the military to be responsible, to be dutiful and stuff like that. And that's generally why. And diligent.
0: And they're the only ones that read every word of the contract. And they've got their own spreadsheets and lists. And you can actually read their handwriting because they they print in nice block letters (laughs) perfectly, all spaced exactly the same. Yeah, I I would venture to guess they're some of the highest qualified uh, and best clients to work with. Yeah.
1: So, you know, when an underwriter is qualifying, a VA home loan, Versus say an FHA or uh, a conventional, you always hear debt-to-income ratio. What's the DTI, right? I've heard of I've heard of uh, VA home loans being closed in the 60s and 70s on DTI, which is extremely high. Usually they want to keep it around mid 40s, mid 50s for an FHA or something like that, depending on the lender and the situation, because they're not written as a uh, DTI now they'll look at that stuff but they go off of what is what is the residual income do they have enough money to live after that and that's really where it gets into saying hey look yeah they got a high dti but they make good money their credit's great they've been responsible with all their debt they've got enough money after their house payment to live on so they are qualified they don't look at it's not a qualifying factor for dti same thing with credit score the VA sets no limit on credit score.
0: Huh? It's, uh, so it's, uh, it's up to the lender. What would, I mean, in the fives would probably, I would guess about as low as a lot would I've go seen maybe. Five, right.
1: I've seen, five I've seen lenders say, no, I can do five eighties. And I helped one that had a really low, he was, he was, he, not, he was young and dumb and stuff hadn't fallen off his credit yet. And, uh, we, we had to go through some, uh, some fiery hoops to get him a home, but we were able to do so even though he had a low credit score. His DTI was crazy, but he was still able to get the loan because he was a veteran.
0: And then you talked about being able to afford uh, a loan long-term, which made me think of something. If you're, if you're in the military for just those two year minimum, are you getting some kind of retirement or pension benefits or, uh, health insurance or any kind of stuff beyond that? Or do you have to work no, in the military for 20, 30 years or whatever?
1: Not unless you, yeah, you're not getting any kind of full retirement and unless you come out with some kind of major disability or any kind of disability, you'll get disability income. Um, <clears throat> but your only time you're going to get retirement is if you actually do your full 20 years.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And what about, so, and military employees who were never veterans, there's no special loan for those people, correct?
1: No, my wife actually got a call on that um, yesterday. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Uh, A lady called in and said, hey, my husband's worked for the government for like 20 years at the base doing civil service and all the blah. You know, does he qualify for a VA home loan? She's like, did he serve in the service? Was he actually in the military? She's like, no. He's like, not going to happen. So,
0: what about uh, family members? Are there benefits for family members of veterans?
1: Yes, if you are a um, a spouse that is in receipt of uh, deceit or not deceit, DIC. So DIC stands for death indemnification and something else. Uh, I can't remember what the C stands for, but if they're in receipt of DIC, then they can use that. Usually means that they were killed in action or they were missing in action or they, they, they passed away after they came back due to something, uh, that happened while they were in, um, like, uh, agent orange from the the Vietnam era. A lot of that stuff happened later. Um, and when they come back and and prove that it was from that, then they, they can use the VA home loan benefit uh, that their spouse earned and sacrificed.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. That's awesome. And then so the rates are, are pretty good, um, comparable with anything else, sometimes even better. And then who can use a VA loan? Um, can you use it more than once? I know I've had veteran clients buy multiple houses, just sold one to somebody. So um, tell us a little bit about that. And can you have more than one loan out simultaneously?
1: Yeah. So they have what's, what's called full entitlement, which full entitlement is there's no limit from the VA. The limit is what the lender will qualify you for. So there's no limit on your full entitlement. Uh, If you do have a a home purchase uh, under the VA home loan and say two years later, you you have to move for work or something and you want to keep that home, you can use what's called bonus entitlement. Now, bonus entitlement does have a limit and it is based off of a calculation from the um, conforming loan limit. So if you're over the, the, I think it's 650 something now for conforming loans, if you're over that on your full entitlement loan then there is no bonus entitlement <laughs> but if you're under that uh, then there is a, a calculation that says how much you can here's the thing is if, if you buy let's say uh, a $500,000 house you want to keep it and move into another one two years later for work or whatnot um or you need to up, upgrade or downsize or whatnot you want to keep the old house you can use your entitlement that's left over but if you go over that limit then you only have to pay twenty-five percent of that overage. So there is there is an extra use to that having that that little bit and you can go over that that bonus entitlement amount. Um because but you'll have to put a little bit of a down payment on there. And it's a whole lot usually that twenty five percent of the difference is less than putting down twenty percent of ten or twenty percent of the whole amount, you know. So that it, makes it sense. Does, it does behoove you to use it. And there's veterans out there um, or active duty folks that have been in for 20 years and they've bounced around and they kept the house in each location and they've built themselves real estate wealth because they were able to use their VA home loan benefit to to purchase multiple homes using that and moving within the guidelines um, and, and the military and being able to, if you're in a military town, those houses are going to rent. And they're going to you're generally going to rent to somebody in the military so you know the house is going to be generally taken care of uh and everything and then eventually you know you can roll those out of uh out of the va into a conventional uh or, or a large portfolio loan, put them all together or something into the same trust or whatnot once they get out and they build all that i think that's that's kind of a hidden thing when i was in they didn't talk about that at all um they didn't talk about going just use your va home loan benefit uh, to, to start building wealth. I mean, I would have loved to have bought a house when I was in California, Southern California, when I was in, cause right now that thing would probably worth a million plus. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Those are the people moving out of there, driving up the prices here in Pennsylvania, paying cash and way over asking price for everything. Cause, like, cause they could do Georgia it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then, so it sounds like the entitlement, and what you can buy is more it's not based on number of properties you can have but uh the value of all those properties
1: you you purchase your purchase price
0: so that's what it gotcha and then can you buy um, multi-units
1: um yes you can buy multi-units so you generally we think of a, a duplex uh triplex or quadplex but you can buy a five unit and that fifth unit has to be a business So you can have four rental spots for residential. You have to live in one, so you rent out three. And then you have a commercial business in the other.
0: Well, that's awesome. That's something you can't do with other loans. If you want to get a a residential loan, basically, to to reside in something, it's it's four or less. And you can't have any commercial spaces in it. I would love, just for that, I would like to be a veteran, to be able to buy a a five unit with a commercial space. That sounds awesome.
1: If you can find them, they are difficult to find, but it is definitely possible. There are certain metropolitan areas that, that have stuff like that. We just I, I don't generally see them in where I'm at in Georgia and Florida.
0: So is that just with a five unit, one of the units to be a commercial, or could you have a two unit with one commercial?
1: No. Well, I
0: – Or does it depend to, on the lender maybe?
1: I, no. I, I think I'd have to check on that, but I do know that you can have multiple units uh, up to five and that fifth, that fifth unit uh, has to be a, a commercial business.
0: So theoretically you could buy a five unit four residential, one commercial, live in it, then move to another area, buy another five unit, Live in it, one commercial, then go until you've maxed out your entitlement amount. Am I understanding that correctly?
1: Your, your entitlement amount goes up. So, it, and this is true, this is actually true for FHA as well, unless uh, they've made some changes recently. But if you buy a, a multiplex unit up to four, um, your loan limit goes up because they understand that the other units are going to be rented out based off of what their rental numbers, uh, rental potential could be. And that loan limit, your, your, um, your loan limit goes up on those.
0: Based on your debt to income. So maybe your debt to income only affords you a hundred thousand dollar house, but so if you bought a five unit, you only have to qualify to pay for the one unit that you're not technically paying for yourself. Am I following that?
1: So one is not debt to income.
0: Okay. So
1: the 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 biggest thing is that you you have to live in one of the units, no matter if, if it's a duplex, triplex, or a quad. You have to live in one of the units, and the uh, the, the income from the other one makes up the difference. The, the, basically, the res- you don't have to
0: qualify to cover the whole property.
1: Right, you have. You, it helps you qualify for a larger amount because of the rental income. Yeah, and that'll be residual income as well, which is a, a part of a better part of the VA home loan under
0: I love that. And I love. I would love to. All these little towns, we've got all these little coal towns around, and the little downtowns that have the, you know, the storefront with three, four units above it. That'd be an awesome nice. thing for a veteran to buy something like that.
1: I wish we had that here because I'd be all especially
0: here. if they were a self-employed person like yourself. You could buy a five-unit. I guess you don't want to live in an apartment, but you could have your office in one of them.
1: Exactly. No, I I could have a satellite real estate office from my brokerage, and and you know I could live in one. And rent out the others.
0: And then, any other limits to what you can buy, so you can get a single family up to pretty much whatever you know, jumbo loan you- type of prices. Um, and then you can buy multi units up to five units, one commercial. Um, can you buy mobile homes or any other kind of yeah. strange things like that?
1: You can buy a mobile home, uh, modular home slash trailer, depending on which where you're at and what you want to call it but it has to be permanently affixed to the ground. So mobile home uh, basically is no longer mobile. So it no longer is a vehicle. It is permanently affixed to the ground and those are allowable.
0: And then what about a construction loan? Can you build a house with a VA loan?
1: Yes. um, But a lot of lenders because of the, uh, because of the guidelines on that, it's a little bit more difficult to deal with. Uh, So there's a lot of lenders that aren't doing that. Uh, there for a while, no lender was doing them. Uh, and I think there's a few out there that are now that I've heard about. But generally, yeah, it's, it's a little bit difficult because how they want you to handle the funding and everything, closing one time and, and all that stuff. So yeah, it, it can be difficult, but there's different ways of doing it as well.
0: Gotcha. And you kind of a good segue into our last final tip here, warning signs of a bad lender, or we could also phrase this maybe how to choose a good VA lender. So tell everybody how, what they should look for um, when choosing a lender, because it does sound like uh, although there are VA guidelines, it can vary a lot from lender to lender. So what you're going to get um, can vary a lot.
1: I'll say I generally say ninety percent of the VA home loan problems happen happen with the lender. Either the loan officer doesn't know, the underwriter doesn't know. You know they're not following the guidelines. They've got extra overlays on there whether they're, they're overlays that they should have on there or allowed to have on there. Um, you know it, some of the some of the lenders are going to put the uh, put FHA guidelines on top of the VA for some reason because they think that oh it's a government loan it's the same thing uh like the appraisal thing right where the appraisal sticks on an FHA and, and the VA it doesn't uh I've heard that so many times um I would say this that the a couple of general things is uh if they if they shy you away from using your your benefit um just because they don't understand it then I I would find a different lender um uh, Is there any kind of
0: certification, like VA certification, yeah. like us realtors have all kinds of home first home buyer certification and all these kinds of things? Is that something you could look for? There's some there's
1: some uh, there's some groups out there that do uh, work with lenders. Uh, they're are other loan officers and they built a, a kind of a, a club and a business model to to say, hey, I'm I'm certified to do these things, and they educate themselves on the VA home loan benefit I'm, I'm speaking at one here locally uh in next month so uh that's something and they're working on a certification a ce certification for lenders as well and and, and everything so uh, not lenders i'm sorry with agents as well that's why I'm, I'm speaking there so that you know we can start that process of getting uh agents more involved in some of this information and having this knowledge so that the agents at least know what lender to to, to use or actually recommend for their veteran buyers
0: um, right because I've, I've worked with some lenders that yeah they don't know anything about the va loan they wouldn't know that you could fight an appraisal or do any of those uh what'd you call it what was the term you used for it the tidewater
1: oh tidewater yes Yeah,
0: That was a phrase I had never heard until I was on Clubhouse listening to you guys talk about appraisal stuff. So um, you definitely want to have the correct lender that knows what they're doing and and is not just picking it because you're a lender or because you're a veteran as default, but actually knows what they're doing.
1: I'll be careful with how I say this. Large banks, um, the large banking institutions, not mortgage lenders per se, but banking institutions – are usually going to have a problem doing VA home loans. I've experienced it personally myself. I was a member. I was actually, within years, have been with Bank of America and wanted to use our bonus entitlement, and they didn't understand it at all. So we said, we're going to find somebody. And this is this is around the time that I was getting involved with in real estate in the first place. So I was like, okay, we're going to find somebody else, and, and we found somebody that knew VA home loans very well, which was a great experience. Um, <clears throat> I, if the mortgage company has anything like veteran in the name or a service in the name, it doesn't necessarily make them the best option for a VA home loan. Do they service a lot of veteran home loans? Absolutely, because of name only. But I've experienced more problem with those guys, those types of uh, lenders than I have with my buddy Mike down the street, or, or my buddy Mike in Texas who does tons of them you know i I, and i've got i've got several different lenders and every single one of them can do va home loans they can do the other types too but they can every single one of them can do va home loans and that's that's because i'm a veteran and i want to work with those that understand that that home loan process
0: Um, there is is there like a go-to question or like a couple questions that could help you vet a lender
1: um, I would say if they ask you to get your COE, so that we talked about who is eligible to use it, right. And the, the people that are in for, for 90 days or more in active duty, then, you know, discharged with honorable uh, discharge for two years or more, um, <clears throat> you get the certificate of eligibility, right. And that has some numbers on it that the lender is going to know, especially, you know, especially if you need to use bonus entitlement um and subsequent use as well so that information will be on there it'll, it'll have the disability information on there so if, if you're disabled you don't get to pay the funding fee and whatnot but the lender needs that and the absolute easiest way to get that document is for the lender to get it now you may have to provide them your DD 214 you may have to provide them with your discharge papers and your point statements from reserve and national guard but as long as they have that information they can go into the portal that the VA affords them to go into and they can get it. If they say, hey, we're having a problem, we can't get it. Or they say, hey, no, you need to go on eBenefits and get it. eBenefits is a government website that's for the military, uh, active duty, and, and veterans. And it's a government website. It doesn't work that well. Um, some, some veterans are able to pull down or some active duty, I think it's mostly active duty. Some of them are able to pull down their COE from there, Um, but for the most part, a large majority of the part, it is the lender that should be getting this. If they ask you, say, hey, we can't do anything until you get your COE. Now, I will say this, if it's an older veteran from, you know, 80s, 70s, you know, that era, you may have to go to national archives to get your dd214 because a lot of times you know those things get lost over the years and decades um that's an extra process um the va doesn't hold those generally um so they have to go to national archives to get and, and they, they actually have it on microfiche and I'm showing my age here if you remember micro they they pull it off a of microfiche and they print it out and they will mail it to you and of course right now with you know everything going on in, in the past two years it's really slow it's really really slow so it's it's pain in the butt but that's the only way i can say hey if if they can't get it for you then there's something wrong with your paperwork they haven't uploaded the paperwork because i've heard about it they they uploaded the paperwork all in one pdf to just one general file in the system where there's a specific spot for all of these different items and they don't put them there and they don't you know a lot of times the people at the VA, they don't look because they're not, they're not asked to look
0: or told to look in those other files. Yeah. And I've actually had this not too long ago. I had this issue where they asked me for, to, for my client to go get their entitlement certificate, whatever. And Mm. I was thinking, isn't that something you can check or or just like if it's a condo or they're asking me, is this condo approved for VA or FHA or whatever Mm. You have, the portal. That's why I'm picking you as the lender. So you go check it. I'm not going to provide yeah, that information.
1: Know, that's, a, that's another one. I've, I've had uh, lenders, big, big uh, uh, military named lenders tell a client that, Hey, you can't buy a condo. VA doesn't allow condos. That's bull. Now they have some requirements and they're different than FHA requirements with different than conventional requirements uh, because you have warrantable and non-warrantable uh, condos out there. I deal with a lot of those in Florida because of short term rentals and everything, but VA does allow condos. It has to be vetted by the VA. If it has a history of being vetted, usually it's a pretty simple process. If it's never been vetted, then there's some paperwork to fill out that the the community association has to fill out. Um, and then, then the VA says, Hey, yes or no. And that's it. You know they have they have approved and that's thing you go on the va website all this information we talked about is there not always easy to to read or interpret but the the easy one is definitely uh the condo list there is a condo list online and it tells you plain as day as if it's there or not if it's on the list it's there if it's not it's not (laughs) so
0: but yeah, and only, even conventional you know, is, is looking out for those things too now with the things right. that happened with in Florida and with condos and, and the crash, even they got scared. So now even conventional are asking they want these questionnaires filled out and they don't want a certain percentage to be rentals, yada yada, or owned by one entity and whatever. So um, I had this even if at
1: the beginning of the year where uh, I had a buyer, a conventional buyer, was only putting ten percent down, and uh, because of the new guidelines that started at the beginning of this year. Fanny Freddie reviewed that condo and the condo docs. And the condo, they just fired the kind of the, the management company. So the condominium uh, association president filled out the paperwork, transposed a bunch of numbers, which meant they, the Fannie and Freddie, went back and lo- the underwriters went back and looked deeper into what's going on, because there's a lot of there was a lot of turnover there. Went back and looked uh, deeper what's going on. And determined it was now a non-warrantable condo, <laughs> so my my client lost her deal. It was it was insane. She's like, I can't put down more than 20% right now. I don't have it. I can put down 10%, and as non-warrantables, they want you to have usually more than 20% down.
0: Right. So, is there, and there, then, do VA know? loans get sold at all, or do those they, usually stay in house? Right. Do they sell them?
1: No, they 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 get sold quite often. At that point, it's no different than another loan. <laughs> but it's generally good paper, right? Where an FHA may not be as good paper. Conventional is good paper. So, yeah, they do get sold off.
0: And then any other tips you want to give to everybody before we close it out here?
1: Um you know what? Give give veteran give veterans an opportunity to purchase a home. I know, you know, we see multiple offers all the time on homes, and I would say give them the opportunity if they're with a good lender, and have the listing agent talk to the lender you know make sure they know what they're talking about to give them the opportunity at least put them on the short list and vet that lender because that's really where it's at and i think that would help out with some of the stigma that the va home loan has uh, when it comes comes to this stuff because yeah i get it cash is king I, you can't argue with cash but you know, if you're going to choose a conventional over a VA and you're still going to have an appraisal issue, it's better to be on the side of the VA than it is on the side of the conventional, because you have, you have ways to fight that stuff. Um, and it's hundred percent loan, you know, so it's, it's better if they've got, here's, here's my thing when it comes to the appraisals, <clears throat> if you've got a uh, hundred thousand dollars, right. Conventional versus a uh, VA. You have a hundred thousand dollars. The conventional still has to put down, let's say, ten percent, right? But they went over to one hundred twenty thousand on the uh, contract price. Okay, so now they're going to have to pay thirty thousand dollars. Well, if it appraises low and they want to cover it even more, they appraise that uh, at ninety. They still have to cover that difference, right? Whereas on the VA side. It's still 100%, and they're going to have to cover less difference because there's no down payment. That down, extra down payment is extra money out of the pocket of the conventional buyer. On the VA side, even if they have to adjust the price, become more out of pocket, they will have it because they're, they're not having to put money down. It's 100%.
0: Yeah, I mean, cash against a loan, cash is going to usually win. But loan against loan, I put VA up there with conventional. At least um, I put FHA and USDA a little bit below those two. But VA and conventional, I personally look at as pretty much equal, um, no matter what percentage the buyer is putting and, down. And, and when, like yeah, you said, if it's a hundred percent loan, then they probably have cash to cover an appraisal gap if they need to. Right.
1: Exactly. And I, I would just say, you know, they they've. Earn the right, veterans have earned the right for at least that consideration. You know, not just throw them up. Oh, it's a government loan. I don't know. That's that's when I really get upset because I'm like, you're not educated, and I want to educate the agent in the process. And some agents will listen, some agents won't, some agents can't tell them, tell the buyer. I mean, I'm sorry, can't tell the seller. I can't explain this information well, which to me says we're not doing our jobs to get the information out. And something like this, thanks for bringing me on to. Explain all this stuff, you know. And I and I do. This goes out to any veteran. This goes out to any agent. Feel free. My number's right there at the bottom. Feel free. Call me, text me, email me with your questions. I'll get you the answer. You know. And it's as simple as that. I want you to have the right information versus hearing you know Joe Schmuckatelli at the VFW tell you how their situation is down with. You know, Veterans United, or you know, this happened over here. I I want the right information because every every situation is different. Every loan is different. Every deal is different. But give the veteran the opportunity.
0: Awesome. And is there a good place to go before I ask you? Uh, we need to close it out because we're going long here. But uh, is there a good place to go? VA.gov is that a good place to go to get that information?
1: Is. No, the, the lender's handbook is right there for everybody to read. The VA Lenders Handbook is right there on VA.gov for everybody to read. And it's funny because there's lenders I'll talk to that doesn't sound like they've read it ever.
0: <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. So you could, if you kind of don't right. trust your lender and they're telling you something you don't think is right, you could go to VA.gov and look it up yourself and say, hey, no, it's right here. Uh, this is what, well, I can contest this appraisal or or I can, we can fight this or, or whatever the case may be.
1: I will not to veterans and lenders and agents, you can call your regional loan center. There um, are several of them across the United States, they will answer your questions. Um, but be nice to them, because I've, I've heard it with my wife answering her phone, because uh, she works from home as well. And uh, she's been cussed out by a
0: few veterans. And it's hard for me to hold my tongue sometimes. At <laughs> our you job, kidding. you just gotta eat the crap. <laughs> we just eat yeah. crap sometimes. You just eat yeah. it and smile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. So now we'll end it out with a question that has nothing to do with VA loans or real estate or anything, but does have to do with you. So if you could do anything else, if you could be anything else for a living, what would you be?
1: Um, I'd be an astronomer. I mean, I wasn't good in school, but I love astronomy going up. I love constellations, stars and all that stuff. Um, I got, when I was a kid, oh, was I? 9, 10 or so, I got to see Haley's Comet. Um and when I was in the Marines, I was out in the middle of the desert in 29 palms, uh, through, through NBGs, I got to see Hillbomb, the, the comment that came through in the, uh, 96, 97. I got that's to see cool. uh, NVGs, And that was really, really cool. Uh, cause out there in the desert, there's not a lot of light, obviously. So you see a ton of stars. You could, you could see it, uh, plain as day, but having NVGs on to see that thing was really cool to see. So that's awesome. I, Do I, you I have a telescope? No, I Actually, I don't. I need to get one. I'm in an area right now that's just too bright, you know. Uh, I don't know how well, I'd probably have to get a pretty good one uh, to see anything, but I'm constantly checking out stars, and I'll tell my kids that's a planet, and that's
0: a star, and that's
1: this constellation, and that, and of course, they're bored by it, but I love that.
0: <laughs> My kids, I feel like they would like, well, they'd like it at first. There's this thing, oh, cool, and then they'd be over it immediately after that. Yeah. So you can point them out. I know where the Little Dipper and the Big Dipper is, but those are the only ones I know. So you know like the, what is it? There's like a bear and like all these yeah, other ones?
1: Yeah, you've got Ursa Major, Ursa Minor. You've got the bear. You've got, and actually, Big Dipper is a part of Ursa Major, the bear. Um, and you've got um, Orion. Who is chasing the bear, right? He, Orion, the hunter. He's chasing the bear, but behind Orion, you've got uh, Scorpius, the scorpion, who stings uh, Orion. That's part of the mythology, of course, huh. with the constellation. But yeah, you've, and you've got you know the different Pegasus. Um, yeah, there's so many out there. Look at. El- Do you Carson. have a planetarium
0: yeah. in Georgia? uh yeah or Florida
1: about 20 minutes 30 minutes away uh right up right up the highway and uh we've been and been there with the kids and everything and they they've got a planetarium they've got dinosaurs it's, it's really really cool small small little town but they've got this cool uh science museum uh oddly enough and then nice um, and also growing up in, in Florida I was in uh grew up uh, just south of Cape Canaveral so I went to Cape Canaveral to NASA to the park that they're on tours multiple times. Usually that was summer camp. That was part of summer camp was going to Cape Canaveral and and checking out NASA and all that stuff. So
0: that'd be super cool.
1: Yeah. And watching watching um, the 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 um, um, space shells. There's there's the word space shells be shot off. We could see them from my hometown.
0: That's crazy. Were you, were you alive when the, the one exploded, the challenger? I watched.
1: I, I, well, I didn't watch it. I saw it out of my fourth grade window. Uh, a kid came from a, a neighboring classroom and said, Hey, did you guys see it? And the teachers, like, oh crap, we forgot. We rolled up the, the curtains and there we could just see it as the, the iconic picture of it just going everywhere. So I didn't actually see it fully explode and that we spent the rest of the day with the TV and watching the news coverage and, um, you know, writing our feelings down about
0: all this stuff. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. that's crazy.
1: You should watch, uh,
0: did you ever watch Cosmos? Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think, is the host of it. I've seen some of his stuff.
1: Yeah, I've seen some of his stuff.
0: Yeah, that show is pretty cool um, if you're into watching stuff like that. Now let's tell everybody where to find you. Read your phone number and email and website aloud so that anybody that might be listening can jot it down.
1: So my number, my direct cell phone number is 770-361-5717. You can reach me at Andy at Fidelis and Fidelis, like Semper Fidelis South, cause I'm in the South. Uh, so Andy at FidelisSouth.com and the website is FidelisSouth.com. And again, I, I invite any agent or veteran to call me, text me or email me and let me know what questions you have, any help you need with the VA homeowner.
0: Yeah, or if you're moving down there, what you're Atlanta is that where you are?
1: Oh, I'm Metro Atlanta, but I'm Northwest Corridor up 75 out I 20. Um, so, is there a popular maybe, like suburb or town that, that you yeah, cover? We're a suburb of Atlanta, so like Marietta, Ackworth, um, Paulding County, Cobb County, Cherokee County, Bartow County, any of that Northwest. If you're familiar with Atlanta and you're Northwest of Atlanta, that's that's generally where I cover. And I've covered stuff all over the metro Atlanta area, working with investors uh, that did rehabs in downtown Atlanta. Um, so I've been a part of a lot of that stuff too. So, uh, but my bread and butter, the basic, you know, residential real estate is in is in the Northwest corridor, and then also down in Florida, um, the Northwest Florida, basically Panama City Beach area, all the way over to the Destin, Fort Walton area. Uh, I've done deals in Pensacola, which is you know up against Alabama. And, and the state line there but uh yeah that's that full area is where i cover um our, our goal is to eventually move down there to be closer to the beach uh, you know i was born on the beach so i want to get back there it's a different beach but i definitely want to get back there and uh, that's where our family usually goes to vacation and have that's our best time
0: Awesome. So if you need Andy down there, or you know somebody down there that needs help, or you just have VA loan questions and you're somewhere else, feel free to reach out to Andy. Uh, His contact info and links to all his socials and everything will be up or down or in the description, wherever you're watching or listening. And you can feel free to contact me if you're buying or selling a home in central Pennsylvania or anywhere in the world. Andy and I have this vast network of realtors and loan officers and and real estate professionals all across the globe really now. Um, It's pretty amazing what Clubhouse has done. We won't start geeking out well, on our yeah. clubhouse mastermind, but, uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. If you need anything anywhere, right? Exactly.
1: No. I mean, if you need any information, you need advice, you know, coaching, mentorship, anything like that. We've got a, we've got a great group of folks and I mean, there's probably a few hundred that usually rotate in and out of there quite often, but there we've got, we've got folks internationally. I mean, we've had people on there from Australia, from Africa, uh, definitely from Europe. Um, the Middle East. I know we've had people uh, on there before, so that's it's really neat it's, it's nice to network uh, and, and network even through this uh, with you. So it's it's been great.
0: Yeah, I haven't been stumped yet. So every time somebody in my office, every time I have a referral or somebody in my office, I hear them say, "I need somebody in Timbuktu." I'm like, "Wait, I will find the perfect person in Timbuktu," yeah, yeah. and without fail, within like. Twenty minutes. I have the perfect exact person that knows horse farms in Texas in the exact town that that person wanted to go. So it, it really is. It's no joke. This this referral network is is awesome. It is. So reach out to me. Uh, you can call me, text me, email me, just like Andy. And you can also throw a rock with a note through my window or send a carrier pigeon if you want to as well. I don't care how you do it as long as you reach out. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Thank you, Andy, for being here. And uh, let's say thank goodbye to everybody. All
1: right. See, see everybody. Thank you.